Well, good morning. You can go ahead and be seated. Our youth, if you are in grades 5th through 12th, um, now is the time for your uh, teaching, as well as for our, uh, over at that door there, um, we have a time for our 5th and 6th graders, as well as for our uh, 7th through 12th graders, so um, they will be over there. We'll be over here um, going through our time of teaching. If you are new with us, a special welcome to you. My name is John. I'm our lead pastor here uh, in Discovery. If you're back from kind of Christmas, wherever you were, um, then uh, we're glad to have you back here. And just a moment before we get into our time of teaching, uh, we had a, a wonderful Christmas season here. Uh, we had a great Christmas Eve uh, on December 24th. I think we have some pictures here maybe from what that night looked like. Uh, but this year we kind of said we wanted to go after New uh, Christmas Eve so we got about 500 door hangers out on houses around uh, here, another 500 invitations that went out, and we had a, a good crowd, bigger Christmas Eve crowd that we ever had here. Many of you were probably here, brought family members. We had a good time with our kids on stage here uh, as they uh, sang and led us. We also had a good time of uh, just family and fun portraits out in the lobby. Uh, that was just um, uh, a great, uh, good time. So uh, our plan now is to continue with uh, kind of Christmas Eves like that. So if you made travel plans this year, not knowing that we were kind of going to be doing a Christmas Eve service, we hope that uh, maybe next year you will be here and uh, to be able to be a part of uh, what God is doing during that time. And so um, if you were not here during Christmas season as well, you may have missed some of the uh, news that we shared and announced that um, January will be uh, my mo last month serving as your pastor here uh, in Discovery. And so um, it's with a, a sense of excitement that my family um, follows God's leading into what is next, but it's also with a, a degree of sadness as uh, obviously we, lo we love you, we love this church. I've uh, been, been serving here for uh, 15 years now uh, in various capacities, and so um, it's with a degree of sadness as well. Um, you'll hear more about transition stuff uh, as we go. Our elders are available for any questions on that. Uh, but ultimately, we're governed not by excitement or sadness, but by a trust and a belief that God is at work here uh, and he's continuing to work here. Um, but kind of practically what it means is I have about three more weeks to share God's word with you. Uh, I've loved being able to share God's word with you. And so uh, this morning, um, I want to talk with us about, uh, not about transition, but about uh, following Jesus into new beginnings. Because regardless of who we are, whether that's if we're a pastor, a professor, uh, a, a grad student, a mom, a dad, uh, a, a worker, laborer out there, whatever we are, ultimately, first and foremost, we are at the core of who we are, followers of Jesus. Uh, so what is it that we can learn about following Jesus, and how is it uh, that as we enter into this new year, uh, that we can seek the direction that he has for us and follow the direction that he has for uh, us as individual Christ followers? Um, this is a good time as well, right, to talk about new beginnings. Uh, it's a new year, and so uh, maybe some of you I know are talking about uh, new jobs, new uh, careers, new uh, homes that you're moving into, moves that you're making as a family, or maybe it's just kind of those uh, New Year's resolutions that we tend to make. Hey, we want to do some new stuff. We want to have some new habits in our lives. I don't know, maybe you're kind of, uh, we're a week into New Year's now. Maybe you're feeling like the person who said, yeah, this new year, I'm going to really turn things around. Instead of being tired and miserable, this year I'm going to be 
miserable, and tired. Um, you know, that, that's not what we mean about turning things around and doing things differently. As, as followers of Jesus, as a church here, uh, we believe that in Jesus, as we follow him, there's actually real and true transformation. Um, author Eugene Peterson said this, One way to define spiritual life is getting so tired and fed up with yourself that you go on to something better, which is following Jesus. And we believe that transformation comes not from just trying to do things on our own, but from following Jesus. And so we're so thankful that regardless of where we are, um, every day really is a new beginning in Jesus Christ. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, no matter what the last 40 years have looked like, no matter what the last year or month or week has looked like, there's a new beginning today that we can have in Christ. And the big point that I kind of want to get to today is this. A new beginning starts with the very next step. I think about that. We know that as a, a, a seed grows into a plant, it's a, it's a process that comes into being. Those of you who are students or have been students know that the path to a degree really is about the very next step. What classes are you taking now? What exams come through that, uh, the next quarter? And, and getting through step by step. Every journey uh, reaching the mountaintop begins with starting and taking step after step. The new beginning, where God wants to grow us, has to do with the next step that we take. So as we look at the new beginning we have in Christ, we want to look at the very next step that you will take in your journey. Uh, we're going to turn to Matthew chapter 14, uh, the Gospel of Matthew. It's the first in the New Testament. Uh, if you want to turn there, if you need a Bible, we would love, especially as we get into a new year, as you talk about reading the Bible, we'd love for you to have a Bible. So if you don't have a Bible, uh, you can get it on that app or you can put up your hand and you'll get one of these blue Bibles. And Matthew 14 can be found on page 479. Um, the context of Matthew chapter 14, uh, the context of what we're going to read is that Jesus has just done a miraculous feeding of 5,000 men, which means there was uh, a lot more women and children. Jesus was out teaching and, and uh, everyone was getting hungry. And so there was very little available, but he did this miracle of feeding uh, the 5,000. And then we get to what comes next, beginning in verse 22. I'll read through 33. We'll pray and then see what God has for us here. It says, immediately after the feeding of the 5,000, he, meaning Jesus, made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat with the disciples by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost, and they cried out in fear. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter, one of the disciples, answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? 
And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Lord God, you know where we are uh, this morning. Uh, You know our hopes. You know our desires. You know our needs and our struggles. And uh, God, I'm so thankful that uh, you desire to meet us where we are that you desire to speak to us. And so uh, I pray that we would be uh, led by your spirit, to be spirit-empowered hearers of your word this morning. And Lord, I pray that I would be a spirit-empowered speaker of your word to help uh, us to grasp the truth that you have for us and the direction that you have for us this morning. And we pray that you would lead us and guide us. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, It's no secret if you've been here that I uh, have a love for scuba diving. And uh, so uh, I love not walking on the water, but being under the water and, and uh, seeing what's going on in there. But the, but the truth is, there was a day uh, way back when, when I was not a scuba diver, when I had no idea, when I had never taken uh, that step into the water. And when I first had a desire to do this, I, uh, well, I signed up for a class, as you do, and you go and you, you sit in the class and you do some reading, and, and uh, then you get in the pool a little bit, and, um, you know, if you've ever been in a pool with a mask on, it's not super exciting, not much to see there. Sometimes you don't want to see what's on the bottom of a pool, but uh, anyway, you do some of that work, and then the day comes. Um, the, the day comes when you go out on a boat and uh, you are at the surface of the, the water and, and you know uh, that there's something beneath there that you want to see, that you want to grasp, but uh, you can't get there until you take that step off of the boat. And, and then finally you get to the edge of the boat and you uh, take that that step, and you plunge into the water, and it's a whoosh of the water, and then you descend into the depths, and you begin to see with clarity what is under there. But it all begins with that first step. And without taking that one step, we'd never have access to that, that whole new world, that whole new adventure that is there. Now, of course, as we're talking about Peter and the disciples, they don't want to go under the water, but Peter asked to be able to walk On the water. Uh, Let's kind of grasp what's going on here. In verse 22, uh, it says, Jesus made the disciples who were his followers, those who were closest to him, uh, at the end of kind of this ministry session, miraculous feeding of all the people, uh, to, to get into the boat. He directs his disciples, get into the boat, go across, I will meet you there when I'm done praying. And from there, he dismisses the crowds. And we have to understand, in following Jesus, there were different people that followed him. Some were in the crowds, and some were his disciples. Now, there's a difference between the crowd. The crowd uh, are those who show up for kind of like the big show, that kind of show up to get a glimpse of Jesus, but aren't really kind of in that special place with him. The disciples, on the other hand, they are those who get a special interaction with Jesus. They get a special direction from Jesus. They had had access with Jesus to a a greater knowledge of him. They had access to an ultimate purpose that Jesus had planned for them, and and ultimately an intimate relationship with Jesus that the crowds did not have. And they were the ones who got into the boat and went across. So uh, the, the step, perhaps the, the first step that we need to, to talk about and understand is, uh, where are you at? Are you in the boat? Or are you kind of more part of the crowd? 
I, the first place where we need to begin is to get into the boat, to, to be into the boat. Now, what, what do I mean by that? It means that we are in a place where ultimately Jesus is directing us where to go and how we get there. And so as you think about your life, uh, perhaps you ask, are you about kind of your own direction? Are you in a place where uh, you've said, I'm not about pursuing what I want to pursue, going where I want to go, but I, I want to go where Jesus wants to take me. Now, now, something that we need to realize about this life of being disciples, of, of being in the boat, is that it's not always a pleasure cruise. And we may think that with Jesus, it would always be smooth sailing. And that, well, when we get in the boat, well, there's wind and waves are going to be no more. But, but look, it says that they are terrified in the midst of this journey. Because as followers of Jesus, they were not immune from the ordinary circumstances of the journey. And neither are we. And, and so sometimes the journey won't be as comfortable as we want it to be just because we're following Jesus. But uh, the difference doesn't always come in the circumstances that we face, but it comes in who we know. See, our faith in Jesus is rooted in Jesus, not in our circumstances. When Jesus shows up and the whole thing is kind of terrifying, they see this guy walking on the water and they don't fully recognize him, but Jesus immediately speaks to them. He says, take heart, it is I do not be afraid. He said, don't just look at those circumstances, but remember, where I am guiding you, where I am leading you, where I am directing you, there I will be. There may be some times when I don't, you feel a little bit distant from me, but I will be there. I will come to you. I will reach out to you. You can take heart, not in easy circumstances, but in me. And so as we get started here, we have to, have to ask, have you gotten into that place where you are no longer going under your own direction, but you've said, Jesus, I'll lay aside myself, and I'm going where you're calling me to go. I'm following that path. No matter what it brings, I'm trusting in you. Are you in the boat, or are you back on shore somewhere? Now, when the disciples are in the boat and this whole thing's going on, there's Peter in verse 28, who he's the one who calls out. Peter is kind of the disciple who has this reputation for kind of being the first to speak, uh, being uh, just kind of out there, courageous and ready to go. And he's the one that, that speaks up and he says, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. It seems like the rest of the disciples are kind of content to, uh, all right, we're just staying in the boat. But Peter, he's going to step out there. He's going to get out there. Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. The next step in our journey of following Jesus, our journey of faith, uh, is about having a conversation. Are you having the conversation? I'm talking about a conversation like Peter is having with Jesus. Now, this may seem odd to us because, uh, yeah, we understand having a conversation with a person who, who, who is right there, but sometimes we feel like a conversation with Jesus is, is you know, kind of spiritual. It's out there. It, it, it seems weird to us, so sometimes we don't engage in that. But I, I want to encourage us 
That, that following Jesus, that, that taking steps with him is still about having the conversation, not stepping ahead of him, not falling behind him, but when he says to step, to step with him. How is it that we can have a conversation? Because we can't take steps forward with Jesus unless we're hearing from him and following what he has said to us. Where are you in your conversation? Now, some of the, the ways that we talk about having conversation with Jesus is hearing from his word, right, from the Bible. Maybe you're um, a little bit like me as we get into the new year. I mean, I have all kinds of New Year Bible reading plans going. You know, January 1st came. It's like, okay, whole Bible uh, in a year going after that. Download the app and everything like that. And, and then I have a reading plan through Proverbs with my son. And then I have a reading plan with my daughter and, and my wife and I talking about reading. I have all kinds of reading plans. And I was reading the other, other day. Um, and, you know, sometimes I think it's like, man, it just seems like I got to get my reading and got to get my reading in. And we get, uh, go about this in kind of a religious sort of way. Whereas I have to read, of course, I'm, I'm a Christian, so I have to read my Bible. I, I'm supposed to do this. But what we have to understand is uh, really through Christ, we have a relationship with God. And it's not about fulfilling some requirements, but it's about living in that relationship, having a conversation, being in a place where we are regularly hearing from God, regularly talking to him. You don't have to pray. You don't have to read your Bible in order to learn God's favor. The reason that we do those things is because we've come to grasp that God so loves us that he wants to have a relationship with us. And so he welcomes us to hear from him. He wants to speak to us. He wants to guide us and direct us. And so much so that he has given us not only his word, but he has given us his Holy Spirit within us to continue to guide us, to speak with us, to direct us. If you want to have a conversation with God, if you want to live kind of in that way where you're hearing from God regularly, probably the most baseline way that I would encourage you is to be in his word where you can hear from him regularly. To, to read the Bible, not just in a way where it's like, okay, I'm reading through that, I'm reading it as literature, but to invite the Holy Spirit. Uh, to picture this, just like if you were to have a, a partner reading alongside of you, that, that the Holy Spirit wants to guide you, direct you, guide you into all truth. And, and then to be connected regularly in community where when you show up on Sundays, you are hearing from God's word. God wants to speak to you this morning. That, that when you are gathering in discovery group or when you're meeting with friends for coffee, th this community that is Christ-centered, God will speak to you in community. Be in his word by the power of the Holy Spirit uh, through in connection with community. And be doing that regularly because, friends, if we are not regularly hearing from God, we'll wonder, is he distant? Is he not talking to me? We don't know what he has for us. Now, God can speak to us in all kinds of ways. And he does. He can speak to us in, in dreams and, and visions, and he does. He can speak to us in the midst of circumstances, sometimes through even trials and, and suffering where he wants to teach us some things. But are you having the conversation? 
Are you putting yourself in a place to say, Jesus, I want to speak to you. I'm not going to be content just to sit back. Because Jesus waits. And sometimes he speaks loud and, and, and he'll speak to us first and foremost and waits for us to respond. Other times he's saying, I'm here. I want you to reach out to me and to have that conversation. How's your conversation with Jesus today? Have you been in a, a place, have you put yourself in a place where you are hearing from him, where you are speaking to him, where you're asking him what he wants you to do, even maybe asking you, Lord, help me to be this person. I, I want to be a person of purpose. Help me to come to you. Help me to be a person of faith. Help me to be able to, to reach my neighbor. Help me to be able to uh, care for my family. These are steps I, I want to take. I want to be who you want me to be, Jesus. Tell me where to go in order to hear from him. I've always tried in, in many different ways to, to be that person. Like, like, like you, you know, oftentimes struggling to, to be in, engaged in regular conversations, struggling to find time to pray or to, to be in his word. But I always try to be kind of listening to God, aware of, of Jesus speaking to him, hearing from him. And the, these last few months for, for me as kind of coming to uh, this decision of, of uh, stepping out into what's next for our family has really been uh, an example of this sort of conversation where um, I regularly throughout my, my 10 years as a pastor, I kind of have, have laid down that call many times and just said, Jesus, what, what do you want me to do? And always, uh, God has come back and, and kind of reaffirmed and said, uh, keep at it. Keep going. Strengthen and, and, and be sustained for that. But, but this time, um, it was a little bit different. Uh, this time, I, I kind of heard at least just kind of a, an inkling of, of uh, maybe it was time. And so I kind of went about, I don't know how you are, but um, I'm the type of person where I, I don't make decisions too quickly. Uh, I tend to kind of hesitate rather than just kind of leaping. I'm not Peter, just ready to leap out there. I want to kind of think through and process a little bit more. So I, I do what I usually did. You know, I take a day out on the coast and, and, and pray and think about this. And then I went through a, a couple weeks of just reading through the Gospels, seeking to hear from God. I, I started talking uh, more with my wife and with my family and uh, seeking all the wise counsel around, reaching out to everybody uh, that I could, talking with our elders here, kind of processing through all of this. I started, uh, maybe, maybe you're like this too, when there's decisions to be made that um, you kind of start making the list of pros and cons and, and start thinking about what, what about this, what about that, I don't know about this, this is kind of scary, I don't... I, I don't know. But, but in the midst of it, kind of came back to this and, and to this scripture that God laid on my heart. At the end, it said, Jesus, there's a lot that I don't know about, a lot of winds and waves and, and uncertainties. But if you say to come, I'll come. If you say to step out, I'll, I'll step out. And trust me, you, you were all very much on my mind because there I say, Jesus, what, what, about, what about them? What about them? What about what's next? I, I'm not completely sure what would be next. But when it came down to, it came down to this. Jesus, if you say come, I'll come. Because very often we are 
as we have these conversations, we are, we're thinking about a lot of different things in our minds. Rather than setting our eyes, not on the wind and waves, but on Jesus. And, and to, to simply focus on him and say, Jesus, I want you to guide and direct. I don't get some of this other stuff. I don't have it all put together. But when you lead and guide, will you say, I'll step. So very often we come to this place where, where maybe you've been having that conversation or, or the Holy Spirit's been having a conversation with you and you've kind of, I'm not sure about that. I don't, I, I don't want to do that. That seems risky. That seems uncertain. Uh, this, is the, this is the barrier of fear and of faith where it's kind of like the, the rail of the boat where we, we've come to the rail. Maybe we even engage in the conversation. Jesus is speaking to us. But then we come to a point where the next step literally needs to be a step. It needs to be a willingness to step over that rail, step over the line, and put our faith into action, and to step into action. Sometimes we can be very good at having the conversation and talking and thinking, but do we get to that point where it's time to step? When Jesus said, come, it says, Peter got out of the boat. And walked on the water and came to Jesus. If you grew up in the church, maybe you've heard this story many different times. But grasp that Jesus, or Peter, steps out of the boat. An ordinary man like you and I. In fact, at that point, he had much less in him. Because he didn't have the Holy Spirit like we had today at this point in his faith. But he steps out and he walks on the water. And he comes to Jesus. I mean, if you can picture, maybe may just try to grasp that moment, how like exhilarating. I mean, I talked about going under the water and, and scuba diving, walking. I mean, that would be uh, completely incredible. But Jesus leads him to step out. But it never would have happened unless he took that step of action. What is the step of action that God's calling you to? Because a, a new beginning comes when we take that next step on the journey. A, a beginning that's filled with faith and defined by faith rather than defined by fear comes when we step out into the unknown, not what we're comfortable with. I mean, many of the disciples were fishermen. They were comfortable, even though it was kind of terrifying, being in the boat, that was comfortable. Peter was the one who was ready to take a step out into something new. What is it that God is calling you to? Maybe something very simple. Maybe it is to call out to him and to say, Jesus, I'm going to lay aside what I want to do and now follow what you want to do. Maybe it would be to open up your Bible. Maybe you're, you're here and you're like, I have a lot of doubts about uh, this Bible that was put together and is it God's word? Maybe it's, it's a step of faith to open it up and say, you know what, I'm just going to open it and see what God does. Maybe it's a step of faith to be a, a cycle breaker in your family where all you've ever known is, is something from your family past and you've been defined by it. But right now, God is saying to you, uh, there's a new beginning. You are not that man. You are not that woman. You are a new creation, and I have a new beginning for you and your family. Maybe it is a, a change in career, a change in job, a change in location. What is it that God's saying to you? Are you ready to step into action to see what Jesus did? 
If you want to go somewhere you've never gone before, you might have to do something that you've never done before. You need to look to Jesus. In the midst of all those fears, all those doubts, all the risks, because they come up, right? Like Peter, it says that he looked down and he saw the waves. He saw the wind. I mean, we, we tend to see things. That's why we don't look at the wind and waves. We look at Jesus and we listen for his voice. The next step is to keep your eyes on him. Peter looked and he saw the wind. He took his eyes off of Jesus and he saw the wind. It says that he started to sink. So are you in a place where maybe you've taken a step out and it's starting to get a, a little bit dicey? Do you trust that what Jesus said, what he called you to, that he will be faithful to you? That he will provide where you're fearful that maybe the provision isn't coming through. That he will see you through that. Him who began a good work and you will carry it on to completion. That he is ready to be right there. And then notice not only is it keeping your eyes, but is also keeping your cries on Jesus. Because when Peter started to sink, he was feeling like uh, he was going under. It says that he cried out, Lord, save me. Sometimes when we feel like we're starting to sink, it's not just keeping our eyes, it's actually crying out to Jesus and saying, save me. I feel like I'm floundering. I've taken these steps of faith and now I'm not sure about the journey. And notice what Jesus in his grace does. It says, immediately, immediately, he reached out his hand, took hold of him. Could it be that you're not experiencing Jesus in your life because your eyes aren't on him or your cries aren't on him. Immediately. It's the second time in this passage that that comes out. When the disciples were scared in the boat, it says immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, take heart. Now immediately Jesus reaches down. Do do we grasp the grace of Jesus? That when we falter, when we flounder in our faith, yeah, Jesus says, Uh, how much are you going to doubt? How much faith are you going to have? But he's always there to pick us up and to help us to grow in our faith. Jesus desires to to put us in that path that's going to stretch us a little bit. He's going to bring us into new things so that our faith in him grows because he wants to show you that he is good and and that he is there and that he's going to lead you into new things. Very often we get comfortable where we are because it becomes known. Could it be that in this year Jesus wants to bring us into something new, something unknown that is going to strengthen our faith in him, but we're going to have to have some faith in him. I love the ending here, verse 33. It says that those in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. Who stepped out of the boat? One man, Peter. But in the end, all were led to worship. And here is what I believe for each and every one of us. That when we step in faith, that there are others that are impacted. 
that when we step out in faith, that there are people whose lives that are changed. When you, man or woman of God, step out in faith and said, I'm going to be the, the, the husband or wife or the father of mother that, that Jesus is calling me to be, that he has spoken clearly to me, it can be a whole family and generations that are changed. If you will be the one that says, you know what, I, I, I'm going to step into my workplace or into my neighborhood as a witness that he's called me to be. I'm going to take a step of faith out. Well, it can be a, a lot of other people whose lives can be changed because they hear and they see who Jesus is through you. One person stepping out, many people who are changed. You, you know where Peter ended up? He ended up being the one who ended up being the leader of the church. He was the the preacher that on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit showed up, he preached a sermon and 3,000 came to know Christ and to be baptized in that day. And the ministry continued. His, faith, his leadership in that early church, this man of little faith, that he, he stepped out and then he faltered, but Jesus reached out and grabbed him because he was somebody who took steps. Sometimes missteps, but ultimately faithful steps. God used him. How will he use you? Maybe it's you step out. You step up to serve a role in the church that can change our, our kids in the back or uh, the lives here. You step up to lead if that's what God's calling you to in some way that can have impact for generations and around the world. One person stepping out, many impacted. What step does God have for you to take? We've talked about several of them. A new beginning begins with the very next step. What is it that he would call you to today? Maybe you've been somebody, you've been living on the shore. You've been just kind of showing up a a little bit, checking things out from a distance. Maybe today is the day that you get into the boat and say, Jesus, where you say to go, I'll go. Maybe you've been lacking conversation with Jesus and you haven't been listening to him or haven't been talking with him when he wants to talk with you. How will you get into that conversation through his word, through prayer, through community, by listening to his Holy Spirit? Maybe you've been at that rail for a while and you've been staring out at the wind and the waves. Now's the time to step. What's he calling you to step into? Step into action, trusting that he will come through. He wants to lead you into new places and new experiences. He wants to lead you into newness in your life. Not the old life that we had of the same old, just kind of shifting chairs around on the Titanic, but into newness of life. Are your eyes and your cries faltering? Will today be a day where you look to him when you hear from him again? Next steps. What's yours? Jesus, I thank you for the example in your word this morning of faulty followers that sometimes falter in their faith, but ultimately want to be directed by you. So Jesus, I thank you for an example of a guy like Peter who gets it wrong so many times, but yet you're always there to pick him up, 
I pray that you would speak to us today. The wind and the waves look different for all of us. The step that you're calling us to looks different. But Jesus, I pray above all that we would see you, that we would hear from you, that we would realize that, Jesus, you are right there. You have come to us, that we are not distant from you, that you are right here with us, that you're not sitting up on the mountain alone waiting for us to figure it out, but, Jesus, that you come to us. You call us to take heart for those of us who are terrified in the journey right now, who are worried, who are just faltering in our faith, that today we could hear your voice or you say, take heart, it's I, I'm here. I'll be with you. Jesus, for for those of us who who say we want a life of purpose, we want to follow you, we want to be where you are, Jesus, we want to come to you, we want to hug you, we want to follow you, we want to do your will, and we would say, Jesus, tell us, are we to go, are we to stay, are we to come, regardless of the wind and waves, that Jesus, we could look full into your, your wonderful face, that you would speak to us and direct us and that by your spirit not in our own ability because Jesus we keep faltering back we're fearful people but by your spirit we would have the faith looking back to who you've been to us in the past realizing you're calling us into a new future I pray that we would have the courage that we would have the boldness to step forward and whatever that looks like today as you speak that we would listen and we would step always with our eyes on you, always with our cries to you, that many would be impacted. I pray that our steps would ripple out to our families, to our neighborhoods, to our workplaces, to our campus, to our classrooms, to our city, to our world. Now, just because we are faithful people taking faithful steps one at a time. Jesus, lead us into a new beginning. Lead us to our very next step. In Jesus' name.